You're tuned in to RX Radio. Movement prescribed. Brought to you by Prescript.com. A personalized approach to keeping you healthy and making your best even better. Your hosts, Dr. Jordan Shallow and Dr. Jordan Jinta. Here I am. I'm here too. You know what? Have you been here? I've been, I, I don't know left. how you've been here. Although, one thing. Yes. This last, where I've been spending the majority of my time seems like LA and Miami. Mm-hmm. Two cities that are known to have uh, electronic dance music festivals. <laughs> and there's one thing I've found particularly um, concerning about EDM shows. Yeah. It's a dance move called the shuffle. Are you familiar with it? I think it's called the shuffle. I said that with way too much. Confidence. I mean, I I don't want to say okay. I'm familiar with it, but I'm but imagine <laughs> the river dance with MDMA. That's right. what. Uh, that's all I see when I see these kids just like fucking tripping balls around a parking lot. It's like, what exactly is going on here? Like from the waist up, total like river dance. Like upper body doesn't really move, but from the waist down, mind expanding drugs. <laughs> It's just like, you're just, what are you doing? You know what it is? It's DDR without the mat. It's 100% what shuffling is. Oh, man, it's evolved so when, much. When I was in undergrad, there was the floor above us was like international students floor. I think it was more of convenience for the um, the assistants, the, what are they called, oh, the RAs. Yeah. So they had an RA that would speak. Uh, I think in my building it was Chinese. Like there was a lot of Chinese uh, exchange students because we had like this program in the school over there. So the RA just had to speak Chinese, so it made sense to put them all on one. It's not like they had their own water fountains or anything like that, right? It's, it was just like forsaken ease and convenience. Anyways, they there was um, a trend that started, and I was on the third floor. Or no, I was on the fourth. They were on the fifth. And I guess they got into the DDR pretty hard as an OMA, <laughs> and that didn't last long. Your boy saw it end of that. Just a few, few nights of this going on, just a little this left, right, left, right shit, and it's like, hey, Hey, Paisan, yeah, we're going to have to stop that or that. <laughs> I literally, like, it was like a party one night. And you know me, animal, party. An- I just walked in, said nothing to no one, unplugged the mat, tucked it under my arm, and walked right out of the dorm room. Everyone was just like, that guy just, I'm like, go get it back in the morning. Go get it. And just right. the next morning, put it outside their dorm, knocked, walked away. Good nice. times. But, yeah, so that's a nice part about being back in the Bay. Is I don't have to see people doing whatever shuffling is. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot less Molly going on up here. Less, less, <laughs> less. less. Not none. They, they 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 just pick it up before they go to they Coachella. They probably microdose. You so, no, they're not a Coachella. Oh, what? Go, go. <laughs> have you heard about the Coachella herpes? <laughs> Excuse the fuck. Is it a different strain of like antiviral herpes? I mean, though? I'd imagine it is strong. I don't know. Apparently, there was a herpes outbreak at Coachella. I just assume there always was. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Have you heard about this place? I think it's called The Villages in Florida. No. So it's apparently the highest concentration of sexually transmitted disease <laughs> in the country. It's a fucking old folks home. So these it's old folks the, are just fucking? Yeah. Just nasty old. Like, <laughs> I've heard it like I've had it confirmed on three separate occasions that like villages i don't know i don't know if it's like a town or one specific 
<laughs> trashy like condominium or something. But I feel like Netflix has to do a documentary <laughs> on this. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh my god. We want. I want rights to that. Yeah. We should just go shoot it. <laughs> just wear a cabana clothes. We'll go play bocce ball. See if we can score. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, Whilst in Florida, I recorded. Um, oh actually, God. was it in Florida? No, it may have been in LA. After leaving Florida, there's no segue to this. Chris yeah. Spearman. Actually, no, here's a segue. I met Chris in um, Tampa. Okay. Uh, Chris Spearman is. So it's Dr. Chris Spearman, but he's humble on the internet, unlike us. We're just like, <laughs> uh, we're not even real doctors. We just play it on Instagram. Um, <laughs> he's a PhD in oncology, specifically uh, studying leukemia. And wow. he's also, he does online coaching. So he's. Um, He's a really he's a really dynamic dude, and he has an Irish accent. Oh man! Right, so we're all fighting for second place. Yeah, this here. guy wins. He's got a real like PhD doctor Irish accent. Yeah, I'm just going like, I'm just shooting for white trash now. <laughs> I'm literally like most of my decisions like how can I look as grubby as possible? Yeah, this is all leading towards the village in like four years. <laughs> four years, we're gonna retire. Um, but no, so talk with Chris. He, we're gonna have him back on. Like, uh, we sort of just went back and forth on this one. Um, be sure to check him out on Instagram. Um, it's Chris Spearman Coaching. Um, we'll put all the links. One thing I did want to do is we haven't pushed reviews in a while. Yeah. So when I look at the top and I do this, I read it like a stock ticker. Actually, no, I don't read it like a stock ticker because I don't know how to read a stock ticker. Do they still even have that anymore? Uh, Are stock tickers still a thing? There's like an app for it. I have a feeling like they're not a thing. Are they? Like, uh, are you talking like Wall Street, like that fucking yeah, banner that's thing? not a thing anymore, is it? I don't know. I Dude. think there's probably much better ways to do it now. Didn't that go down in 08? The housing? I don't know. Anyways. I don't know. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Reviews. Uh, oh, reviews. <laughs> yeah, so I go on. So, like, if you go on Fitness and Health and the iTunes store, like, we're in the top, whatever. We range, but we're there. We're there in, in good company, and, and right. we fluctuate based on um, the response. But every now and then I'll just, I want to just take note of the podcast ahead of us and the podcast behind us. Like, who's our direct company? And it's like, it's always, and it's like a different girl every single time. And we should rename, we should rename our podcast Sex with Jordans. <laughs> I guarantee you that would rank away. Just out of pure curiosity, I think well, we would get downloads. Like, like two Jordans, one cup kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but no, there's always like, it's always a keto something. And a sex with someone. So it's like, if we could, and if you guys wouldn't mind, if you have the time and are somewhere safe to do so, go to iTunes or Spotify, <laughs> leave us a review, five stars if if you so choose. Um, just break us free of the company that we've been keeping, of the sex with keto dudes or whatever. That's the one. That's the one right there. Oh, sex, paleo sex with keto dudes. going to slap a steak <laughs> on my chest. Oh, man. Uh, with... The amount of travel I'm doing, the, the number of like, weird people I meet, it's not surprising that that would kill. Um, but yeah, all, all joking aside, um, Chris is someone we're going to have back on because his, his uh, field of study is really interesting. Really more of like, I mean, cancer is obviously like a very daunting topic, but like the, the ancillary benefits that come around being or come with being surrounded with that for like so many years he's got a really interesting story so we'll have him back on but a, a really cool chat nonetheless like he's well versed in training well versed in business and if nothing else the irish accent i mean come on like yeah. if you tune in for this you stay for the irish accent but uh <laughs> yeah i hope you guys enjoy let us know what you think um like i said leave the five-star rating review we'll see you next time yep dude you're busy you're everywhere
I'm running away from something. I just haven't figured out what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically enough, I'm doing exactly the same thing, so that's fine. Hey, you wear it well. <laughs> um, I've not seen you in what five weeks? Yeah, give or take. Five or six weeks. Yeah, what you been up to? It's on the road, man. Traveling since last I saw you. Been in, um, did I, see, I may have saw you right before I went to DC. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Back to Tampa, Miami, San Diego, and Venice now, San Francisco, New York again, Toronto, back to San Francisco. Have you decided if you're competing in Toronto yet? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go, man. I think it's, Legend. It's, it's all part of it. I, yeah. I think. That's what, in my mind, that's what kind of separates. When I'm competing on the platform, I'm competing against other chiropractors. That's the way I look at it. I'm not competing against other chiropractors. The chiropractors just kind of sit, sit around and keep a very short five-kilometer radius between the grocery store, their house, and the gym. Yeah. It's a weird sort of... It's a pressure because I feel like without that, like the side takes a hit. It's mm-hmm. just a weird thing to feel obligated, but I think it's part of the brand. It's part of like the the image. It's part of why people come knocking on my door for for programming or consultations mm-hmm. or things like that. So I think if I take that away, I think that's an element that's a big draw card to people is because I you know, can't walk the walk sort of thing. Yeah. It's also something that we kind of spoke about when we when we chatted a little bit about business and the fact that it's all well and good being an athlete and being able to perform, but how can you translate that into business? Not, not necessarily for for money, but to help and educate and inspire other people. And true, true. But you're doing it, you know. And uh, I think some of the things that we we spoke about was, I suppose, scaling was the biggest thing, right? And I feel like with um with with my business over the last few years, I feel like being able to scale my business was an absolute blessing. At the time, it was a hindrance. Like you, like yourself, obviously, I did a, a doctorate and it forced me to condense everything into such a small time frame. So then once I graduated, finished, you know, um, I just had that luxury then of having forced myself to scale with a minimal time available. I then was opened up to another five days a week that I was able to be just as compact with my time. Um, I think you're doing that really well. Um, obviously, you know, valuing your worth is something that I think definitely needs to be addressed. I'm sure your clients will will be will more than agree. It's a case of um, it's a case. You know, we 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 spoke Ben's Kitchen about it, right? And like, if if there's anyone, it's it, it's a funny one because obviously you're such good friends as well as as everything else. That when he says something, you're like, oh yeah, whatever, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, myself and Jordan, obviously, we we we, we kind of joked around with Ben, and I said, right, Ben, you you just tell me what to tell him, and I'll tell him, and he'll listen. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the the thing I would. The, um... The distinction I would make with you is you, you get the experience, I think, maybe more than Ben, just because you pursue education. And not that Ben's not smart, but like Ben got in bodybuilding and that was his pursuit. Mm-hmm. But like, 
there's something to be said about going through grad school and going through the rigors of, you know, eight, nine, ten years of school. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain, like you said, there's like a condensed, there's a, um, there's a, there's an urgency when you get out that I don't mm-hmm. think, like, you've taken four years from 22 to 26 or 27 to, um, you've taken that away. Like, that's, those are years that my friends have been working and making money and not going in the other direction and accruing more debt and kind of being siloed in this echo chamber of, of just one singular focus for another four years. I, I feel like I should have had like a volleyball with a blood-stained hand. <laughs> like, Cast away. I've been on this island for like eight years, guys. Yeah. Now, you know, I navigate and, and do the same, like navigate a very, um, a very unique landscape. I suppose uh, one question that I would always ask to someone in 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 your situation and and same as me is do you not uh, do you regret regret is not the right word but do you do you sometimes wish that you did things differently same yeah, same just, uh, what else would I do like it doesn't same. I'm to five right now like it gives me anxiety like just <laughs> the low hanging drop ceiling and Fran from accounting and having to go use a fucking printer like <laughs> I technically work right now. I'm sitting in an Airbnb in Venice Beach, California, get to talk to you. Like what? Come on. Dude, like, living the dream. Living the dream. Like I mean I travel a lot. Like I I don't have a home anymore. I, I my home is Airbnb to Airbnb and right now that'll be pretty much my trajectory to get right into 2020. And it's like, people are like, oh, you must, it's so road weary and lonely. It's like, lonely, are you kidding me? I have friends everywhere. I get to go to yeah. like, I'll return at Gold's in an hour and a half, or I'll go, I'll go down to San Diego and go to World's Gym. I'll go to New York and, and uh, go to like, uh, like World's Finest. So like, I just get to go do what I like to do. I think it's such a luxury, man. Like, no, I, I I don't regret it. It's a. It's odd now that with what I studied, mm-hmm. like I don't. Yeah. I'm not necessarily in private practice. Like I started my career in a corporate setting, working at Apple's headquarters, treating 250 patients a week, and then I scaled that down to private practice, treating 20 people a week, and now I have maybe five clients across the world that I'm concierge with, and. Mm-hmm. I see and maybe work once a month actually with my hands and the rest of it's just on the computer. So yep. it's a little odd, like So you've scaled. Like yeah, I, I and I know we spoke about scale, but like you have though, and it, it it's a thing of like now how do you how do you maximize the, your ability to scale? I suppose um, you know for for the listeners who who didn't know, my PhD was in oncology, so it's not you know in 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 the depths of leukemia and why people. Were, were becoming diagnosed with leukemia from pre-leukemic diseases. Now, that's less relatable to what I do now than yours was to yours. And if, I, if someone's to pose the same question that I asked you, do you regret it not in a... Like, my two biggest goals in, in my life were to get on the cover of a magazine and to get doctor in front of my name in an area of study that I was really passionate about. And when people ask me, okay, you know, that was such an amazing topic. You must have learned so much about cancer. I learned two things. I learned a shit ton about myself 
And I learned a shit ton about empathy for other people who are going through really difficult periods of their life. And those two things together far outweigh anything that I could have ever read in a book. So to think that that time, if it, if it took me 20 years to learn that, it would have been worth it. Um, so I feel like for, that's why, and I, I know it's slightly biased, but when, when we when we are introduced or someone goes, oh, that's Dr. Jordan Shallow, he's studied such and such and this, immediately I can relate to you because I know that you have been to the depths of what you've studied, not on an intellectual level, but on a perseverance level. And I think that is something that you just can't get anywhere else. And translating that into business is no different. It really isn't. I, th- I, mean, I definitely agree with you that all what I ever I hear like doctor and like my sister's like she's a real doctor like she doesn't just play okay yeah. <laughs> uh, so those of you don't know I'm like, I'm a I'm a chiropractor doctor I don't know, kind of all over the United States and Canada now but whenever I see that it's just like man you must be really passionate about something just because to endure what you have to go through like it's not like undergrad not by a long shot and it's not what you learn I think it's the skills you adapt to that translate through everything else but when it comes to the business side of things it's just that's that's something i'm totally unprepared for for now for now i mean you know I, i don't know how active you are about you know watching my stories and stuff but some of the guys in my mastermind come through and they want to grow their business and they need just the smallest tweaks. And it's, it's, it's no difference to the accountability that we offer our clients in terms of, Hey Jordan, I want you to do this this week, make this your focus. Um, and then small, the smallest things turn the needle when it comes to business as well. And I think, um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, um, having met you as well, because, you are the nicest guy. Like for anyone who, who doesn't know, the nicest guy. Not that you don't come across nice online, but I think we all see, see people and things that they've achieved and stuff. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, this, this guy, this guy is, you know, I'm sure he's got a massive, you're the most humble, literally the most humble guy I know. You're just, so, you're too nice. You're over-promising. You're over, people are going to meet you and be like, experience full shit. <laughs> but I feel like, um, yeah, dude, I mean, obviously having people around you like, you know, like Ben and, um, and obviously even the conversation that we had and stuff, I think, um, I can definitely see that you're passionate from, from the right places. Um, I think sometimes it's, you can be too passionate and not salesy enough. And then obviously we spoke about like, you know, selling everyone down the river and there's, there, there's a happy, there's a happy medium in between. I feel like, um, you know, it's something that I knew, I knew nothing about business. Like when I went to, it was funny cause in school there was, um, economics, um, business and accounting. And by default I did science because I was shit at those. It wasn't, obviously I love science, but like, so I ended up doing chemistry, biology, physics, applied maths and mathematics, um, and a foreign language in school and because of that i ended up going down the route of where i went and it's funny that i've come full circle and it's a lot of people will ask me friends especially how do you how did you know you know to, to do your tax like that or how did you know to set up a holding company in, a, in in another country with a lower tax rate which is completely legal by the way <laughs> um 
and you just learn. You just learn. Um, also, I suppose when you're when a tax bill comes through and you have to pay like eighty thousand pounds sterling in a day, dude. I never thought I would make eighty thousand pounds in a year, let alone have to pay that in tax. You go, okay, I'm gonna make sure that this doesn't happen again. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, on, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you know, for 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 some of the listeners who who aren't fully aware of your your online programs, how um how how are they set up? And I suppose what are you? I suppose what's the the, the message or the 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 main focus behind? I suppose what you're doing with with most of these athletes online. Yeah, I mean, I get the tough cases, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, in coming at it, and this is I think part of my problem is part of my problem is. I'm in three separate spaces at once and it's kind of a blessing and a curse where it's sort of this weird cross validation where like chiropractors will look at me and be like, oh, that guy's really strong. So if you're a strength athlete, go with him. And then uh, powerlifters will look at my credentials as a chiropractor and be like, okay, this powerlifter is really smart, go to him. And then I'm also a strength conditioning coach at the collegiate level at NCAA in America. So I, I sort of have this weird like blockchain validation, but at the same time, it, it can also come across as like a jack of all trades and master of none. I think. Uh, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, and but I think though, what what you will find is, um, I would openly confess to being a jack of all trades in lots of areas, and not necessarily that I'm master of a master of of none but I think from from your experience going down you know with your doctorate you realize that the more you know the more you don't know so it's actually almost unless you follow forever that path of wanting to be the very very front line of that research you're always going to be some form of a, dra- a jack of all trades but I think if you can find what you're passionate about which you have and you can encapsulate your areas into one program, your strengths if into one program, which you're doing, then your your program ha- has maybe, you know, let's just say, you know, take it back to school. It's got five modules. It's the different areas that you're exceptionally experienced in. Who out there can say that they're as experienced in you in five of those? I, I don't know. Probably nobody. You know what I mean? Consider, but like I like to think that I've been branched outward into particular fields in one. Like my passion is what applied biomechanics. Period. <laughs> applied biomechanics has has a has a lot to do with injury rehabilitation. Has a lot to do with sports performance, and has a lot to do with my own athlete. So it's like I feel like these have just sort of picked me from <laughs> this sort of this central this central focus because that's all day every day and i get to look at it through through lenses like i feel like i just say the same thing all the time like i, I reduce myself to sound bites where <laughs> like i can say the same thing in practice that i can say on the weight room floor and that i can write into my own programming and my clients programming when you double back your questions like for what i do like my specialty is the difficult cases the people who've gone through things who have been um, who have been round pegs trying to be put into square square holes, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the common paradigm of rehabilitation, the strength conditioning. Usually, I deal a lot with like post-op injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, professional athletes who just the normal, like I said, paradigm for rehabilitation doesn't work well with professional athletes. Like you know, you come off the table, you got an ACL, you got a 
bond surgery, you got a laser surgery, and it's, you're going to get the same PT as the soccer mom down the street. Like, yeah, baseball pitchers go 104 miles an hour. Guess what? The yellow TheraBand is not going to cut it, right? Yep. So, I mean, you know this more than anyone that the sign over the door says first week of harm. But a lot of times in dealing with high performance, you know, harm translates to being good, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, you have this Faberge J egg that's worth $9 million a year. The last thing a physical therapist or a chiropractor wants to do with rehabilitation is to hurt them, right? Is to, mm -hmm. is to scale them too fast. So I think in my own pursuit in athletics, I get to, I know the resiliency physically and I know the endurance mentally. I know that you can push these guys for not normal and you have to direct genetic expression to uh, a tissue tolerance far past what a physical therapy textbook comfortable describing. So yeah. I, mean, I definitely I toe a line with my clients where it's like again knowing that their capabilities are greater than a person and maybe the physical person. I know that we can make strides a lot quicker. Unfortunately, by the time people reach me, it's less and less now, but when I first started, it was, they've gone through it's been years since they've had surgery and they've tried everything. And, um, just having having this like focus on which I, I sort of want to program from and sort of the things that I went through, that's where I've sort of carved up some of the issues that I get. Whether it's back on stage, back on the field, back on the platform, regardless of the field. And even just like, honestly, I just deal with type A people. Yeah. High functioning, like high performing. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything from I mean working in the Silicon Valley for a few years and working closely with some major tech companies, directors and CPs, and it's the same mindset as you know, the guy in the NFL that went to the office right after the same person. So you go from the, the physical arena that they, they play and perform in is the only variance that like what goes on between here. Because they need something to be able to grab them by the shirt collar and be like, listen, motherfucker. Like, Let's selling. do it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think they appreciate that. But it's the only way to really reach it. And I think the only way to have the confidence to do that is to walk a mile in their shoes. And from a... I was going to say, from a, from a business perspective or a coaching perspective, that's perfect. Because you can have a small number of clients pay an exceptionally high ticket for your offer. One, because you're so specialized, but two, because you're solving a big problem. And to solve a big problem means if you've got an athlete, you know, that's making 9 million a year and you're pivotal to his performance, he, he can afford to pay you a ton of money to get there. And it, it, the biggest mistake you could probably make is undervaluing your service right now because you don't need a huge amount of a, a huge amount of clients, and to be honest, you don't you don't you probably don't want a huge amount of clients. You just want high performing, like you said, type A clients who value your worth. And there's no better feeling in the world than having a client pay you a huge amount of money for your service, not because it's the money, but because you feel so valued in what you're doing and and I suppose what your how you're impacting their lives. Um, you know, for example within even since i spoke to you i've made some adjustments within my business to really focus on a small number of people who are fully committed to me obviously there are other coaches within the business you know we, we spoke about scaling um at all different price points but for me if someone wants to work with me it's it's you know it, it's it's more expensive not not it's not about the money it's because 
I want to have people in my ecosystem who are keen. No one's going to pay you $2,000 for, for a 12 week program and not listen. Like no one's just going to do like some people might do that, but generally speaking, no one's going to do that. Right. So to be able to do that and, and then, you know, all you need rather than having, you know, 10 people paying you $200, you've got that one person paying you $2,000 for those 12 weeks and you can scale it better. Um, you know, you can work with, with more, uh, who's going to have a better transformation too? someone who gives you $2,000 and is serious and they're, they're highly driven, highly motivated or, or, or someone who's going to give you 200 quid and they're probably going to fall off the wagon after a few weeks. So um, I really kind of got a good um, sense of where you're at when we, when we, uh, was it Yog, Yogland? Is that where we went? What? That yogurt place? Oh, uh, what was that? I don't know. Some Yogberries or something. Yeah. So um, on the walk back, myself and Jordan had a chat and, what really came across to me is like, you're almost, you almost like don't like the money word, but it's, and, and it, it's more that you need, like for me, like I, I don't value money at all in the sense that I don't spend money on anything like other than investing in myself and the business. But to me, it's all, all money to me is, is it shows an exchange of value or an exchange of service. Um, so yeah, I think you're becoming more comfortable with 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 with, with that concept for sure. My biggest thing with that is like, and you, again, you probably like, like understand this better than most. Is like, I'm in a position where I can help people get out of pain. Yeah. Holding my focus, and that's how they sell it to you in school, and you know, that's that's impactful. Where I switch kind of my focus from pain to performance in in mm. doing. So, you're just setting up the horizon a little bit further. And I think it's something now that when I, when I write about I'm writing for the personal training department in the gym in Canada. And it's like, I think if we stop focusing on pain, everyone is like, if we set our sights on performance, if we can have high performance, we can get rid of pain. But when I focus now, when I talk to like prospective clients, I'm coming at them from the from the realm of performance. They're coming to me because they're in pain. And I look at them, yeah, whatever, pain is easy. We'll get there. If we just focus on pain, we might not necessarily get you back to top form. Right now, all yeah. your PT, all your thyroids, all your rehab specialists, your surgeon are just worried about pain. And then, like, maybe some are worried about function, but I'm going to worry about performance. Performance. So I think in training it that way, it's sort of taken a, it's kind of, it's put my, I don't want to say put my morals to back, like in the back, on the back burner, so to speak, but like it's allowed me to attach a tangible objective value rather than existing in the realm of subjectivity because pain is just a perception, right? Like mm -hmm. it's just an experience. So that is, it's, it's, it's multivariant and it can like take away with the day to day, and I don't like the just having pain and whatever focus. And, you know, I'm to the point now where it's like, if it's about to rain, I can start hurting. Like, what the, like how do I equate to that in the program? It's also probably a, a, a more positive environment to be in. And it's a more, you know, if, if your language that you're using with your client, which in my opinion is massively important, is you're moving them away from pain or it's like, we want to do this to prevent pain. We want to do this to make sure that, you know, you move that on a psychological level that shift to 
I want you to perform better. I want you to be able to do this better. Um, it's it, it changes the whole dynamic of your relationship with the client, and uh, you know that, that's that's something that you spoke about that that really really hit it hit it. Hit, I suppose a um, you know a chord with me because of my um, you know I, we we spoke about my shift in the business from people who are competing to helping people who had been maybe diagnosed or going through remission of cancer and wanted to get back in shape. Which, also, which comes back to your jack-of-all-trades scenario. It's like, I'm here getting a doctorate in oncology, but I'm getting on the cover of a magazine helping other people get in competition shape. I was like, well, why don't I amalgamate both and try and help people who are recovering or going through remission of some form of chronic illness to get in cover model shape? They don't need to be absolutely shredded to death, but they need to look obviously cover model shape is relative cover of men's health compared to cover of flex is very different as Ben would say. But, um, you know, I think for me, I then said to myself, who do I know who can work with patients who have come off the back end of some form of cancer and get them to the cover of a magazine shape? And there's not many people who probably can say that they have both of those things. So in a way, I could be a jack of all trades or have I just found a niche for myself? And I think you've done that really well. Um, you know, I think the you're, you're definitely coming, um, you are becoming more comfortable with the the increasing your price because your service is massive, dude. Your service, like, you know, you even just said it there in that sentence. If you're helping a, a $9 million athlete, you know, improve their performance by a few percent that's a lot of money dude that's a lot of money right I know. I know. And, but you know, it, it was one thing that Ben said to me as well. And, uh, you know, when Ben said the minute he had kids, his time became so much more valuable because not necessarily because his knowledge increased, but his time did or where he wanted to put his time. So, the, you know, 
I suppose if you take it from that mindset, it's like, you know, when you have loads of other things going in your personal life in terms of your, your lifting and, you know, competitions, your traveling, your speaking, all of these things need to come into consideration when it comes to your service, because you need that client's payment or, 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 you know, whatever their investment is to be worth taking you away from what you're doing. And for some people, there is no money that someone could pay to take time away from, you know, them with, with their children, for example. So, and it was only after that conversation, I really realized I'm like, wow. Okay. So uh, even though I'm paying a lot for that service, they're still taking time out of the time that they have with their loved ones to, you know, regardless of the money. So I think that's the shift. That's the mental shift that you need to have because you've also said it as well. You're doing so many different things, like more than everyone else that needs to come into, you know, come into play in terms of your, 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 your fees. I look at it now. I had a friend of mine that I spoke about this the other day where I forget what book he was referencing, but said that, Dan Go, it's an anecdote, but I have a cross reference. Dan Go was in a coffee shop and he was doodling on a napkin. He's just going to throw it out and someone came up to him and said, Hey, can I have that? Oh, I've heard this, yeah. I've heard this, yeah, say it though. He's like, No, that'll be $6,000. And the guy's like, What? What are you talking about? He just like drew it out a napkin. He's like, It took you like two minutes. In my whole life, and I was like, Oh, shit. the friends who told me that it was successful, it did the fitness industry. It's like, you know, yeah, seem like it. And he was actually having a similar conversation and trying to measure it. And in, and in some ways, you're you know, you having a doctorate in what you're doing. You every every time that you've ever learned something, every single class you went to, every single test that you did is it might not necessarily be directly related to what you're doing, but it has built up your knowledge over time that all those student loans, all that investment, all that needs, that knowledge needs to come into play when it comes to the contact that we have with our clients. Um, you know, and I suppose within the mastermind, it's, it's my job for, you know, for, 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 for the clients of the mastermind that are trying to grow their business to say, you're put, you need to put up your price and this is, I'm not accepting you going any lower than this because this is what you're worth. Um, and sometimes that can be such an empowering feeling because they're like, wow, because for the first time, like, you know, for an example, I was on a call with a PT last night who charges 35 pound an hour and he should be charging 50 plus. And he now feels so empowered that he even just within himself feels that he's worth 50 pound an hour. Trust me, he is, he's an excellent personal trainer. Um, and, he he now feels so empowered um, and has the belief to leave some of the clients who aren't willing to pay for a service behind and look for and gravitate towards people who value his service. And obviously, you know, if, if, if you're charging double, you only need half the clients to do, to make the same amount of money and you're working less, you're working half. So, um, obviously within reason, you know, you don't want to just whack up your price straight away, but yeah, it's really interesting, dude. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how things go over the next, over the next few months with you. Well, the interesting like the thing I found most effective in that, like when I first raised my rates in clinical practice, it was, it was aggressive. One of my clients, one of the neuropsychologists, after her initial visit, she said, I'm not coming back until you triple your rate. Here's why. 
She sent me a mountain of research. She, she's in private practice in Silicon Valley as well. And obviously, with a field that specialized, she mm-hmm. already does a lot. And she sort of broke down the numbers for me, but then broke it down from the psychological perspective, the actual outcome of the patient. Because, like you said, the investment side of things. And one thing that she really sold me on when it came to upping my rates, because rarely do people, when they give you money, value it so much that they want to give you more money. Um, and at the end of our first visit, she was like, okay, I've seen a lot of people with this issue, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I do for a living, and here's why I'm not coming back. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, that was actually practiced in the sentence. And I was just like, what did I do? I thought I was like pretty diligent. Like, I had a good understanding of the was Like, why she wasn't getting better. The conflict paradigm was that we got her straight to the point. And then she's kind of like, the reason I'm not coming back is because you don't charge enough. And then from there, the, the one thing that's allowed me in sort of like a positive perspective manner as far as like upping my rates when I go online is I'm better because I don't really, and when I'm better, people get me better. Like I realized True. that when I value myself to a certain level, I was only offering that level of service and then I had to sort of, I, I went overnight and switched my initial rate to being the most expensive cash rate practice chiropractor in the Silicon Valley. <laughs> but the thing is, then you, you hit the nail on the head, dude, because you have to back it up. And that forces you to learn more. It forces, it, it forces you to go out there and, and improve your service um, and improve the, the, the program in general. It's, and, and, and the one thing from, from the client's perspective, you know what it's like, uh, not that I've, I've flown, biz, flown business class a lot, but you know, it's, been ex, it's an expensive treat and you know it's worth it. You know that feeling when you're sitting in the seat or, or whatever it is, you know, you buy a really expensive something. Not that I buy expensive shit, I don't, but there've been times where I've invested an extortion amount of money in something and it's a treat for myself. You know that feeling of like, feel good that you feel when you have it or you're sitting in the seat, even though it's a shit ton of money? That's how your clients will feel when they're paying for your service. And it's that feeling of like, He's bloody expensive. It's the same feeling, you know, when, when I signed up with Ben or when I see Ben, you know, it, it's, it's that this is, this is bloody expensive, but it's worth it. And I'm worth it because I'm investing in myself. And that's the feeling you want to give your clients. And once you can give them that, they're half of the way there because they'll listen to everything you have to say. Yeah, I think the buy-in that comes with that is huge. And I think the yep. pressure from you is what allows me to be more and more comfortable with charging more and more essentially. I still remember my first concierge client, or one of my first concierge clients, like that they pay on a retainer and whatever you need I'm there if you're in the country, wherever you need to be on my plane and get to work. And it's like yeah, this is gonna be such a silly reference going to be, but have you ever seen uh, the Harry Potter movies or read the book? Of course. Okay, cool. I figured it was a cultural thing that I didn't want to replace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the elf that gets the sock. Yes, Dobby. Uh, so yeah, yeah I remember being. I think I was presenting with Ben. It was like mid seminar. I remember getting the face conversation that the recurring had been set up, and the giant for me at the time, giant lump sum was in the account. Yep. And I really had to like take a minute. I was like mid seminar. Ben was speaking, and I like looked down on my phone, and the notification popped up, and like Ben had been. Uh, kind of mentoring me through this process and, and really holding my hand 
for the fire and charging more. And, and we've definitely been able to grow in, in, in growing and scaling the business from just a mindset perspective. Like it's like honestly, like don't be a bitch, like don't be a bitch, you're worth it kind of thing. You Absolutely. Know, when he says that it resonates a little more than it does with some Especially when he says it. Yeah, the guy's got forty inch quads and he's trying to get smaller. <laughs> so I literally like he kind of knew how it was messing with my head and I just like kind of flashed in my phone and it had like the PayPal thing still up yeah. and he just kind of like smiled at me and I just had to walk out of the room and take him out like, <laughs> like I had to just go mm, I just gotta go take this really yeah, get in high-fiving but also kind of crying at the same time and that's why, dude, like, you know, if, if clients come to me and they say they want to get in cover model shape, I'll go, okay, but it's a six-month minimum period to work with me personally. Um, and I, I would prefer you, you know, book in for, for a year because that's enough time for anyone uh, to work together. As you know, you know, I've spending 29 years trying to understand my body and I'm still learning. So how can I figure out someone else's in 12 weeks, especially if I don't see them? So, um, so then obviously you get, that lump sum payment and you're like it's that feeling of wow this person has invested their time not just their money but their time and their energy into you it's the best feeling in the world as an entrepreneur or a coach or a trainer or you know a chiropractor to to have that feeling um but yeah dude i'm excited to see how the next few months go i'll see you when you're over here for sure so um we'll stay we'll stay in touch absolutely absolutely yeah no it's it's gonna be it's interesting because it's every facet is evolving fairly quickly. Like the lecturing component, obviously, um, being with Ben is like a springboard on that sort of circuit. And then the online thing seems to um, sort of grow organically. And then obviously, if I can lift more weights, I just build more, um, more notoriety to complement the credibility. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this year. eye-opening and also like a little comfortable at the same time where I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. It's all a learning process, dude. But here, you're in Venice. Tell me you're going to goals now. You're going to training goals, right? Yeah, last night. Actually, the funny thing Good. is, I was there last night and this guy like rushed up to me. Like, he was a, he was a 212 bodybuilder and he came up to me. God, I can't get rid of this guy. He just kind of, he's, uh, he's, I think he's Spanish or, or South American or Brazilian. And his English was so-so, but the, he walked up to me and like pointed at me and went, "Educate and dominate." I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. And if he knew me through Ben, it's like, yeah, it's uh, it, it's, it's always to, it's to be known for being smart is odd. Like it's yeah. an odd thing to walk into a gym and be like, if no one knows any of my numbers, they don't know what's going stuff and like that's a weird thing to get known for especially in the place like gold like goals yeah cool dude well enjoy it i'll be i'll 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 be following i'll be following and i'll see you i'll see you in london anyway for sure yeah 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 so we're like six weeks six weeks out right now from from uh recording somewhere anyone listening by the way if you haven't and you're in london get to that are there any tickets left Probably not. Uh, yeah, so the... For the first day, maybe. Is, we might have one or two tickets left for like the full three-day worth of seminar. Cool. And then 
first day of the seminar day, we have a, uh, a large a lot of space, yeah. Ironically, the whole conversation about business that we're just getting to the upsell now, but <laughs> yeah. that was your strategy the whole time. Absolutely, dude. Keep me updated. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been a pleasure. Peace.